My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. My name is Dallas Montague and I am the co-host here today. And today we have another amazing guest all the way from the beautiful place of Hawaii. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing well. Thank you very much and I'm I'm I so appreciate you appreciate you having me. It's a pleasure to have you. And I want to ask you, can you please say your name for our audience? Because I don't want to get it incorrect. Okay. My name is Ushwin. Ushwin Tibu. Ushwin Tibu. And you told me before we started recording here that you are originally from Trinidad and Tobago. Yes, sir. That's where, that's where I'm from. That's my homeland. How long have you lived in Hawaii? Um, I got to Hawaii in 2011. Prior to that, I lived in Germany for 13 years. Before that, I lived in Florida for two years. And prior to that, I lived in New York City for just a few weeks. I, I, I got to the United States in 1996, um, moved to Florida where I hadn't seen my brother for about 25 years. He wow. offered me a job when I got there. I stayed there for two years. I joined the military and then I moved to Germany and spent the next 13 years. Then I got it here in 2011, been here since. And why Hawaii, of all places in the States? Okay, so when I, when I got here, when I got here, you know, the military sent me here. And um, my, wife, my wife came to, to join me here a few years. And my wife is originally from Germany. And when she got here, and the moment she placed her feet on the soil and we got home, she said to me, my goodness, this place feels like home. I want to stay here. And I've done my best <laughs> to remain here. It's a wonderful, so wonderful, here. wonderful place. So I'm sure you're living your blessed life here. Your best life, your blessed life. I'm sure it's exciting. It's not a bad place to be. Um, it's <laughs> expensive, very, very yeah. expensive. And, um, you know, there are lots of things I don't like about the place. <laughs> right. Um, but in terms of how can I describe it? I, I tell people there's a vibe about Hawaii that I like. And so when you consider that every place where you live, there's a trade off. You know, you might go to Florida and in Florida they have alligators and hurricanes. Yeah. If you're willing to live with that, to get all of the other benefits, fine. It's the same with Hawaii. It's expensive. And there's some things that, you know, kind of rubs me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. But overall vibe of Hawaii is what I like. And second, second, you know, my wife loves, loves it. <laughs> you know, my wife loves it. And because she loves it so much, I want to be able to give that to her. Uh, and <laughs> so I have <laughs> to ask, as an individual who lived in Hawaii for a short time, which beach is your favorite? Okay, I, I like going to um, I like going to the North Shore. 
the beach the beach itself is not necessarily the best beach but i like everything everything that is around the north shore you know i like uh I like the whole culture feeling although it's a heavily touristed area mm-hmm. you know as you continue moving in that direction um you get a, a lot of the the rustic vibe of the place mm-hmm. you know and then it's it's a lot of um flora and fauna up there that i like um apart from that i like i like bellows bellows is nice and calm you yeah. know yeah but it's it's just a nice place overall any anywhere i go i can get to the beach so i like it benefits of living in hawaii anywhere you yes, go <laughs> at the beach yes, that's good definitely, my favorite beach trade-offs. was makapuu i probably saying it wrong do you remember do no, you know Ma- this Makapu'u. beach yeah makapuu oh man the waves are just perfect at makapuu <clears throat> i loved it yes all right well today we're here to talk about your recently released book on amazon titled a voice from the pews yoga is so much more than just another form of exercise In June Brown's newly released book, The Yoga Habit, you will learn the foundational poses of yoga. Included are detailed explanations of breathing techniques, hand movements, and personal adjustments for an optimal yoga experience. This book explains these practices so clearly that you will be able to follow along with ease. You will be able to put all the techniques you learn into several series of poses, locks, and breathing patterns that will make up a yoga session. Find your copy of The Yoga Habit on Amazon today. Sound, simple, and easy-to-use Bible-based curriculum for elementary and middle school children. A Routine for Life engages both the teachers and the children in looking at scriptures, understanding them, and applying them to our everyday lives. The curriculum is focused on creating a routine based on five main activities. Read your Bible, pray, be helpful, be kind, and be thankful. Find your copy by searching A Routine for Life by Marion E. Amwa on Amazon today. And we have a couple of questions here to discuss. First question that I have for you is just what led you to write this book? Where did you find some of the inspiration? Okay, so because of a lot of the madness that I'm seeing in the culture as as we speak, I'm talking about in America. At one time it was um you know, America was never necessarily a Christian country, but it was always a country based on Christian principles. and you you know that way of life um many of the tenets of the faith have been um used by americans to help build a country okay and though the country is not necessarily a christian country christianity was a central aspect of the, of the country's founding and tradition mm-hmm. clear and in the last few years i've seen so much hostility towards the faith and see how the country has evolved from being a a christian judeo christian centric country into more of um what you would call secular yeah and because of this so many of the questions um that the culture deals with you know i find myself thinking about it you know and and keep i keep wondering how would would how would i deal with these issues if somebody was to ask me about it 
And so I would spend a lot of time just thinking about these issues, just running them through in my mind, you know, and, and I know that there are smart answers to a lot of the a lot of the questions that people ask. And so I just started, you know, listening to people who know a lot more than me and then, and then checking the scriptures and, and, and going through um, certain things, uh, books, YouTube videos, et cetera, mm -hmm. to, to kind of figure out exactly what it is I believe and why and can I explain it to others, et cetera, et cetera. And that was the meaning. That was the, um, the motivation behind it. Yeah. And so you, I forgot to ask you a little time to tell us a little bit about yourself. So if you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself too, if that will help to talk about the book, go ahead and you can do that as well. Okay. So um, I, I grew up in, 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 the, in the, as a Catholic, that's, that's my background. Everybody in the family were Catholics and, you know, did my first communion uh, confirmation and everything. And Somewhere along the line, I guess it's when I was about between 12 years old or something, 12, between 12 and 14, I heard um, the gospel message as given by Jesus for the first time. And I was pretty moved by it. And um, there, was the, there was the typical altar call. And, you know, I was moved to the point where I raised my hand, but not sure that I wanted to do this. And, you know, the, the, the pressure of an altar call, I gave into it. Mm. I gave into the pressure of an altar call, but I, I'm not sure I was ready for that. But it, it moved me enough to, um, to think about it some more, you know? And I started reading the New Testament and the Bible and stuff. And, Somewhere after that, a short while after, when I was about 14 years old, I heard, a, a, I heard another gospel message. And this time I was moved a little more. And I decided, yeah, okay, I'm going to go up to the front when they call me up. You know, but this time around, I decided, okay, I want to know more about this. Maybe I should commit myself a bit more. But there was always a part of me that was kind of tugging to remain in the world. And so I understood the call. I understood the call really well, wanted to do it, but then there was that part of me, me that continued tugging to remain in the world. And so I, I started going to church. I went to the converts class, got baptized and everything and stayed around the church for, um, for until I was about uh, 29 years old. However, during, during that time, that tug that I was telling you about, and I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, I, I never turned it over to God. Mm -hmm. And so every opportunity that I got, I gave into it. You know, so there was, that, there was always that, that aspect of my life that wasn't totally committed. And the things that easily beset, I gave into yeah. them. Understood? And so when I was about, uh, I don't know, maybe about 30, 30 years old or something, so 20, between 30 and 32 um, was when I started drawing away more, going, going away more and more from, from the church. 
and eventually I just stopped, you know, and I gave, I gave in to, the, to, to that other life. And um, when I was about, I don't know, about 10 years after that, I remember having a lot of questions in my mind. And it's not questions, these were not questions that were necessarily bothering me. It's just questions that came to my mind and I was, I, I began wondering, does everything make sense? Mm. You know, despite my background and everything, these questions just started flooding my mind. So is there really a God? It's not that I was doubting that there is necessarily, but I just started having these questions and, and wanted to know if there is more. And I remember walking, walking through a bookstore and while I was walking through the bookstore, I just looked over to my right and then I saw a book by a guy called Lee Strobel called The Case for Faith. And I grabbed it and I saw, oh my gosh, this was fascinating, you know, he's an apologist and he has, he, he was tackling so many of the questions that were running through my mind. So I bought the book and, you know, it started playing with my mind a bit, you know, and I went to visit my, my, my sister in, um, in, in Florida uh, a few months later and spent some time there with her. And, you know, I'd go to church with her and every Sunday morning, and <laughs> every Sunday morning, the preacher would say something like, hey, there's somebody here. Um, you know, I feel like God is calling you back. <laughs> yeah. And you do that like, <laughs> you do that like every week for, yeah. for about three or four weeks. <laughs> And then uh, my sister said to me, she said, you know, I think he's talking about you, you know. <laughs> so then the following week I went back and he did it again. And um, I, I went up, I went up to the altar call and thought I recommitted my life and found that as soon as opportunities came again, yeah. just giving in, you know. And then somewhere along the line, I really started to, you know, reflect on my life, you know, and ask God to really come in and change me around and, you know. Yeah. If I could ask you a specific question with this, mm -hmm. what would be your advice to someone who is also in that place of, I don't know, I'm half, I'm out, I'm in the world, I'm going to, going to church, like, I feel called, but I don't know. What would your advice yeah. be to this type of person? So, so, you know, Jesus said, come to coast, right? Yeah. No, no, nobody coming after me. You know, you, you don't want to start building and then the house, you, you, you leave it without a roof, you know? Um, so I, I think that you, people need to stop for a moment right and ask what do you really want and one of the things i realized i had to come to the to the realization was that i'll never be good enough you know because i, I found myself thinking a lot of times that i just wasn't good enough you know, that's one of the things that was bothering me a lot. Oh my gosh, I don't want to go back. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm living this crazy life. So I remember it one day, it just, it just hit me. 
well, you know what? I'll never be good enough, you know? And what I have to do is go just as I am and say, okay, Lord, this is me. You know what's going on with me. There's this part of me that continues tugging at, at, at me and I'll never be good enough to get rid of it. And, you know, it sounds kind of mystical, you know, just turn it over to God. But, but accept where you are, wherever that is. Accept, accept that and then make the commitment and just ask God to help you do it. The, the other thing is, you'll never be able to do it on your own, right? So you have to begin uh, fellowshipping again. Stop pretending to be anything that you're not. That is important. Don't, don't, don't try to create any kind of image about, about who yourself. Be honest about who you are. Fellowship with people. Go to church. Start reading the Bible again. And get an interest in the things of God and start going after it. That's what worked for me. I mean, it's been a few years since I recommitted my life, and I can't say that everything is nice and easy and hunky-dory, but I understand who I am. You know, a lot of it is not good. You know, I recognize that. I accept it, and I, and I just go and ask God to continue help me, helping me to live this life. Yeah, and this takes us back to your book, A Voice from the Pews, and you have a layman's reflects on some hot button issues. And so I want to talk about some of those issues that you do discuss in your book. And some of those titles that I have here are science and belief, homosexuality and other cultural issues, an evil God, morality and failure, just to name a couple of those. What else can you tell us about these chapters here that you wrote about? Okay. So the reason I wrote on, on science, and again, not to pretend that, that I'm anything I'm not, I'm no expert or anything, but since I started paying more attention to this, you know, to these issues, I noticed that atheism is on the rise, although it's still a very small percentage, mm -hmm. and they're very vocal, very, very vocal. And a lot of, a lot of believers never give deeper thought to a lot of these issues never dig further. And so their first encounter with somebody who, who um, knows a lot more about these things throws them off. Mm -hmm. And so because I started, I started looking into to these things and asking myself questions. And to be honest with you, at one point, the arrogance, the arrogance of atheists started to annoy me. You know, they, they're so arrogant and sure about themselves mm -hmm. as though they are the intellectual giants. And then I started thinking about it. Wait a minute. You might want to laugh at me and the things that I believe, but you believe that something came from absolutely nothing. That's not an intellectually superior. Yeah. Right. So I started looking into a lot of these things so I could get a better understanding of my beliefs uh, as against atheism and science and that kind of stuff to, to discover, to, to see if there was any reason for me to honestly hold on to the, the things that I believe. Yeah. And so 
as I say, a lot of these thoughts are constantly going through my mind. And as they go through my mind, sometimes I just sit down and say, you know what? I'm going to write on this. And as I write, you know, I keep going over um, the research and stuff. And, and you know, just, just to help people, to help you, people realize that you don't have to just sit down and, yeah. um, and accept these issues. And, and another one of these, these the issues that... Um, I felt I wanted to say something on was homosexuality. Unlike atheism and, and, and the whole science debate and everything, I, I don't want to say I was getting annoyed with this topic in particular. Mm-hmm. This one more, more had me asking questions about how do you deal with this issue in a way where you want to appreciate what's going on with somebody else who might be struggling, yeah. right? And I know personally about the personal struggles that I had to overcome in my life, right? And I looked at this issue and I said to myself, you know what, it's not different to me really with the issues that I had that some of these people are going through, right? And I started looking at, listening to some of the arguments, right? And one of, one of the arguments is, is that this is just the way I am. Mm-hmm. And that always used to bother me. And I used to say, yeah, it's kind of unfair because if some people are naturally this way and, and they just sway in that direction, my goodness, you know? Yeah. And coming from a tradition that, that always was opposed to this kind of lifestyle, I was trying to look at it from a more, um, with, a, with, a little, with a little more sensitivity. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I thought about it and I said to myself, well, wait a minute. All of, us, all, of, all of us have things in our lives that come naturally, but they're not necessarily the best things for us. And everybody has to struggle with something because very often people have to very often people have to give up on the things that come naturally right not because it comes naturally it means that it's necessarily a good thing so we always have to um, put certain things aside and on on this issue what does the bible say and it's not just a matter of this is how i feel what does the Bible say on it? And, you know, I felt that I wanted to write something on it to help people understand a bit more clearly exactly where it is we're coming from on this issue. Yeah. And this is definitely a hot topic issue nowadays, 2022. This is something that is, yes. I think, more talked about now than ever before. Yes. And so it's interesting to do put out a, bi- a biblical perspective. This is what the Bible says, this is how we should see this or view this, or even treat people who do struggle with this. That's a huge part of being a Christian. We can't just judge and put a box around people. We we have to love them the way Christ does. And sometimes it's difficult, different beliefs, different situations, but that's what we're called to do as believers. How about this third, this third topic, evil God, morality, and failure? Oh, okay. So what, what happened with that one is I used to stay away from the Old Testament a lot, you know, because a lot of, the, a lot of things in the Old Testament used to, you know, 
I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's, it kind of screams out at you. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. God, a serious guy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't want to upset <laughs> yeah, him or know. something could happen. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and I remember some years ago um, talking to a colleague of mine, talking about the Bible and everything. And he, he was really upset about the fact that God in the Old Testament seems so evil, right? And he drew the reference of killing, um, it might have been the Canaanites or somebody, can't, can't remember. And I remember thinking to myself, man, you know, what has a point? But even though I wasn't walking that road, in the back of my mind, I was thinking to myself, I understand what he's saying, mm-hmm. but by the same token, if this God knows more than me and he showed himself in so many ways in the Old Testament, if all of these things are true, there has to be more context to this, right? So I, I, I started looking in to see if there was more context. And I, I realized that, okay, yes, there's this aspect to God's nature that is not just love, but it's just and judgment and wrath and everything. And how do you reconcile it all? Well, you, you reconcile it all when you understand that God is in control. He, he's the one who, um, who puts everything here and, and, and tells us how to live and everything. And it doesn't have to be the way that people um, do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Which, which then triggers the, the judgment of God. And in every instance, for instance, in the case of um, the people um, at Jericho, right? When the people in, in, in Jericho, when, when Joshua went to rescue Rahab, what did she say? She said, we heard, we heard about you and what your God did, right? Mm-hmm. So it means that they knew and Rahab was generations after, right? She was generations after, which means that they had all of that time, not just to hear about what happened back in the Egypt days, but to see everything that was happening subsequently, right? And so they knew what the message was. So by the time that Joshua came to them, they had all the time in the world to make a difference yeah. in their own society, and they never did. And the same God who judged the world during the time of Noah is the same God that was operating now. And he decided, hey, time to judge this nation. And he used the people of Israel to pronounce his judgment. But at no time during the history of Israel ever see the Israelites simply picking up arms and just going to go after nations. Every time they did it, it was clear that it was God telling them to do it. So anybody who wants to compare it with what happens today, for instance, what was going on with ISIS, right? 
Well, ISIS could say that God told them to do that, but where is the evidence, right? In the case of Joshua, we had the parting of uh, we we know we had the parting of the Red Sea with Moses. We had the miracles that took place in the wilderness. We have we have a a track record showing that hey, these people knew who God was, Mm -hmm. right? And when when God decides to use people, there's evidence God used them. Today we don't have that, so nobody could say um, I'm I'm doing these in the name of God, and I wanted to say something on that. Yeah. Is there anything else that you can tell us from this book that we didn't talk about so far? Some of the things that, I, I, that also run through my mind, and I don't know, maybe I spend too much time <laughs> thinking about these things, you know, but sometimes I just find myself sitting and it's like, wait a minute. Hmm. And thoughts are just going through my mind. And, and, and another one of the things that uh, frequently run through my mind are, uh, one of those things is about right and wrong. How do we decide what's right? How do we decide what's wrong? Mm-hmm. Is it simply what, whatever the norms of a particular society are? And then it switches from one society to the other, right? And then is it a matter, matter of who has the upper hand? How do you condemn people like Adolf Hitler and, 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 and Mr. Bokassa and Idi Amin and all of these guys, because in their minds, they're doing what they think that they needed to do, right? And they're not, they're, they're not concerned about right and wrong. And then if it is a sciences that we are, that we're just dancing to our DNA, we just, random molecules in all of the universe, well then, who is anyone to judge what another person does really? Now, you might be able to say, okay, what Hitler did wasn't beneficial to the people who suffered at his hands, but, and we could all look at it and say, it wasn't a good thing for them, right? But in terms of the sheer morality of it, who decides that it's right or wrong, mm. right? He, he was doing what he, he thought he had to do. For some reason, I find myself thinking about all of these things. And the whole question of right and wrong is, is one of those issues that constantly flood my mind. And I wanted to say something on that that we must have an absolute standard in terms of how we judge right and wrong. And so far, it seems uh, that all of the accepted ways that people use to judge right and wrong, there's, um, there's solid arguments against it. And in the end, I say, we have to look to God for an absolute standard but then again when we look to god which god do we just choose one or do we approach it the same way that we approach everything else in life and find and try to find where the truth lies and then look towards that god to find truth and in my in my mind i think 
Christianity provides the answers, Jesus Christ, and he's the one who determines right and wrong. And that's, that was just me giving my thoughts on, on that issue. Yeah. Thank you so much for all the things that you shared today. And just for our listeners, one more time, this book, A Voice from the Pews, if you have questions about your faith, about your journey, your walk, some of the things that you mentioned today, check out this book. And I want to ask you, where can we find this book in some of your social media? Okay. So um, if you go on to, to Amazon, you find it on Amazon. Right now, you could only get the Kindle, the Kindle version, right? Next couple of days, I'll be uh, uh, the, the paperback version would be ready. I, I had some technical issues with getting the, the paperback version up on Amazon, but it should be up there in a in a few days. Um, but on Amazon, you could get it right now. Um, social media, um, I, um, I have a page, uh, a Facebook page of the same name. Right, um, it's relatively new. But people could could look for it. Um, a voice from the pews. Layman reflects on on some personal uh, on some hot button issues. Right, it, it just new, but they can't they can't check it out. But the yeah. most important thing I want people to understand is my email that I put in the book. I created that particularly for anyone who wants to get in contact with, with me and talk, I'm open to it. The email that is in the book, anyone could use it. Send me an email, right? And as the Facebook page develops more, we, we will also get into that. That sounds great. I love this idea of a voice from the pews because so many people have questions. There's so much out there in our world today pushing truth, but is it really? And so that leads to questions. We have questions. What is the truth? Where am I supposed to go? Which denomination is for me? Which church is saying right. the words? So I think this is an amazing book and the idea behind it is really, really wise. And so thank you so much for your time today with us. And if I can have you end our time together with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Okay. Um, can, can, can I say one, one more thing, please? Yeah, absolutely. Just... Just, just to, to the audience, people need to remember that simply because they're church members coming every Sunday, every Friday night for prayer meeting or every Tuesday night for Bible, Bible study or whatever it is, and yeah. they're usually the ones sitting there taking in everything, right? People need to understand that God's word is for everybody and anyone find the answers with a little bit of dedication to go a little deeper than the surface and a commitment to do it, looking in the right places to find answers, anybody could do it. Right? We are all called to contend for the, for the faith. So we should all seek to uh, gain that, that knowledge that would allow us to contend for the faith in a very real way that we could be a part of the conversation. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Thanks again I, for your time. Yeah, you can go ahead and pray whenever you are ready. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you for thank you for having me. Okay. So Lord, we thank you for your goodness towards us. We thank you for the opportunity to share this morning um, with all our listeners, with all of the listeners who will be hearing this interview. And I pray, Lord, that you would, whatever you see fit, reach the people that you need to reach, touch whoever it is you need to touch, and let this be something that, that is meaningful to someone. We ask your blessing upon us, um, the both of us uh, doing this interview now, and the, pe the people who would listen to it. We ask that you reach out in a way that only you alone can, Lord, and bless, 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 and may the people things. We ask that you would stay with us and continue to talk to each and every one of us the way that only you alone can, and help us to hear you and be doers of your word in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.